If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome on in. In-game live right here on a Monday night on the Sports Grid. I am Kevin Walsh, and I'm alongside Scott Wetzel. Taking you guys up until 10 o'clock tonight, following all of the live action, primarily looking at this baseball slate. Scott, that is uh, not as jam-packed as I initially thought it was going to be. Yankees-Phillies, as well as, of course, the Marlins-Orioles games being both uh, postponed due to a COVID outbreak uh, going on with the Miami Marlins. And we all due to some rain. And we're also in a right now in Brewers Pirates. Other than that, though, Scott, things are going great. <laughs> yeah, we got a full slate to talk about. Other than that, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And we're off to a rip-roaring start with the uh, Sirs. Uh, leading three nothing against the Houston Astros. So that's what happens. You know, I've seen this a thousand times. You break long losing or win streaks, Kev, as Seattle did yesterday, snapping a 15 game losing streak to Houston. And it's amazing. It really is a remarkable how when a streak ends, the same thing that caused the streak to end, in this case, a win, happens the very, very next game. It really, you know, do I listen to that and use that philosophy tonight? No, of course, I took Houston on the money line. Uh, but I, it, it is remarkable how, whether this is a win or a lose streak, you know, it snapped yesterday, and uh, Seattle's off to a great start, 3 nothing tonight in the first inning. Yeah, and a frustrating uh, start here, if you backed Fisher, Josh, uh, James, and I looked at him, uh, even our strikeout prop was 6.5. I thought, oh, hi, maybe I'll, maybe I'll look at the under now. I initially passed, and initially I was like, okay, good decision to pass. Uh, five of his first six out, 
were through strikeouts. But then he opens this uh, third inning by walking the bases loaded. But then he gets some damage control. And against Kyle Seager, you know, the four-hitter in this lineup, really, if anybody was going to strike some fear into you, it would be Seager. You get him to grab out to a double play. You know what? You'll take two uh, outs to get, you know, only one run across the plate. Then he hangs one to Evan White, who hits his first career home run. It is now 3 nothing lead. Uh, ultimately, you know, you never were going to back the Astros and not expect them to score some runs. I definitely think if you laid a run and a half now, of course, that's a, a, a bit of a headache here. And you know what? Maybe shame on me. And maybe, you know, Scott, shame on you as well for not learning our lesson. Uh, I tried this with the Reds. I said, well, they're not going to lose two in a row to the Tigers. They did. Thought about it with the Dodgers. They're not going to lose two in a row to the Giants. They didn't. Maybe the same exact thing's about to happen to the Astros right now. Yeah, it is remarkable. I brought this up on the morning show. Uh, silly plug here, Bagels and Bad Beats. But this weekend, including Thursdays and Friday's games, home teams were only 23 and 23, Kev. I mean, that generally is not good to begin with. Then you throw in the fact that nearly every series, the home team was perceived to be the better team. You had a couple of series it was even, Yankees, Nationals, you know, maybe Braves, Mets, uh, Twins, White Sox, if you want to call that even. But other than that, the perceived better team was the home team and they still only went 23 and 23 this first series so maybe that is a sign of things to come for the first week week and a half i generally don't like playing major league baseball the first month of the season under a normal circumstance i tell my guys just lay low you know let the good teams uh, have some time to become good teams let the bad teams have some time to become bad teams crease rises to the top you know uh, the mud sinks to the bottom but it takes some time and this year, you don't really have that time, that luxury to sit back and wait. And so we're hopping in, and I'm laying, as you are, it sounds like, too, um, you know, laying all this big wood when in reality we, we probably shouldn't because the, the lesser teams are doing a halfway decent job of at least holding their own so far, and we're getting it again tonight so far. Yeah, and I think as well, Scott, um, now, now I personally, I parlayed it because I did think it was a lot of juice, and I've been burned a little bit by some of these favorites. So they're in a parlay right now. With the Brewers up against the Pirates, that one uh, is scoreless through two. But again, a rain delay there. It was coming down pretty hard. Uh, no word yet. We'll look for the official word as to whether or not that game could come back to us. Um, and in fact, it's not the only game that's in a rain delay. We've got no Cubs, uh, no Reds baseball yet, uh, as some rain has hit them uh, pretty hard. I don't know if that game has been shut down yet. What I do know is, and right now uh, over at the FanDuel Sportsbook, something's... Uh, Funky's going on with their baseball lines. We are looking into it, and we will obviously give you guys the official word when we hear. But at the moment, the only game lines they are showing, Scott, is Cubs-Reds uh, twice, 8.25 start time, and just as I say this, baseball returns to us. Three live lines now in Major League Baseball. Um, Cubs-Reds line available. I'm guessing 8.25 is now the new listed start time. For that one, Lester and Miley are the expected pitchers. So uh, ask and you shall receive. And this now allows us to add some additional context here. And I think this offers some good perspective. 3 nothing Mariners lead. They're only minus 176 favorite. 3 nothing. you're usually at least laying $2. You would think, right? Um, and I tell you, I would do. I would grab the the plus one fifty or so back on Seattle uh, to tell you to try. I mean, or excuse me, on Houston because I still mm -hmm. think they're capable of coming back. I am curious, Kev, and I should know the answer to this before I bring it up. My bad. So years before, if a game went four innings, as we discussed Friday night, and it's a two-two game, one-one game, as long as it's a tie game, doesn't go five innings, they scratch the first 
portion of that game and then start fresh the next time they face each other. They don't pick it up in the fifth inning tied 4-4. This year, though, they are. So if one of these games that gets back into a rain delay, and we'll just say, you know, Cubs-Cincinnati are tied 2-2 in the third inning, we'll say. Uh, I wonder, to make a long story short, uh, does your bet still carry over? You know, normally, again, last year, you're betting on Cincinnati and the Cubs tonight, and the game doesn't go five innings. It gets wiped off the board. There's no bet. You get your money back. But this year, since they're picking the game up from the point that it got stopped, I wonder if FanDuel is saying, no, 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 you, you still have that bet. I, I'm curious. that I, Again, I should know this before I bring it up, but uh, sometimes these things just come to my mind uh, with all no, these but- rain delays. Right. No, look, it's, it's a good conversation because it is very different. Under normal circumstances, we, have, we know the answers, right? If it, the game's going to be wiped out, of course your bet's going to get wiped out. But if it's going to carry over, and I do think the, the difficulty with that is, so the ideal world is they play it the next day, right, Scott? That's not going to happen, right? I'm like, ah, yeah, we might pick it up eight weeks later. You're going to hold my money in eight weeks? Like, if you've made a sizable <laughs> wager... You know, hey, that's no good. I can't have you holding on to my, my money for eight weeks. And maybe the books will say, look, you can take it back. But that also might be a little bit frustrating then as, as, a, as a better if your bet's looking good, right? Like, oh, I really yeah. got to let this sit here for a, a, for a, a literal month, maybe, before you're able to see your, your money. I think it's a good point, Scott. And I'm I'm assuming it's a tie. It doesn't necessarily have to be a tie from what they were saying the other night when I was watching right. on TV. No matter what the start, we right. know, it, it could be 17 nothing in the third inning, and they're picking that game up 17 nothing in the third inning, which I don't know why they didn't do that all the time, quite frankly. It seems silly to me why they would wipe off two, three, four innings uh, just because it didn't go five. I mean, what's the difference? But it, it seems to me that if you know five nothing, six nothing lead, you know, you're gonna be able to still have that ticket, you know, the next time they face each other. You're just maybe gonna have to wait a long time. That's all. My frustration with it, though, is, and basically what happened was some opening day confusion allowed me to think they were going to do something different, and then it kind of got pushed in another direction. But I liked the idea that I thought was going to happen. In that that Yankees-Nationals game, I thought they were saying as well that that game would be resumed as well. And the thought process there that I thought they were going with is, 60-game season, you can't allow six innings to decide a game. I think that's totally fair. We found out that's not true, though. That game goes official. But you kind of lose me when if a game is stopped after four innings, we're going to pick it back up and play the, the other five. But if a game is stopped after five innings, well, that's good enough to decide a winner. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that, that, that's the bottom line. Um, basically, they want to get these games over with as fast as and as quick as they can. So they're going to allow the game to be picked up in the fourth inning just because they don't want to have to play another nine innings because chances are this is going to be made up as part of a doubleheader. So not that we haven't had doubleheaders before, but it, it sounds just like, you know, all right, great. If you go six innings, that's how it's always been. That's how it always will be. Uh, but if you go one, two, three, or four innings, then we're going to pick it up from, from that point on just because we don't want to play those first few innings all over again. Doesn't seem fair, depending on what side you sit on. But, right. you know. That's their philosophy this year, just to get these games in. Yeah. And quickly, uh, just to update, leadoff single for the Strohs um, is then followed by a stolen base and actually then a walk. So it looks like they're going to get their first two on. The Astros down 3 nothing, but two on and nobody out are now minus 115 favorite. What? And I don't know how to feel about that. I, I mean, Ooh. you were totally right. Jump to plus 150. It took no time to get it back. But that is... 
a lot of, I'll say instead of disrespect for in Seattle, that is a lot of respect for this Astros lineup. A lot, a lot. Um, you know, the one thing this 3 nothing at this point lead does take out of, a, out of play, I would think anyway, is I've not seen any beanball stories. Have you, Kev, in this series? I've watched a few of the games, you know, partial innings here and there. Uh, I've not heard the announcers bring it up or, or anything along those lines. So with Seattle with the lead, um, I would think, you know, they're not 5 nothing down and have nothing to play for. Go ahead and, you know, throw something at the Houston Astros pitcher. Up 3 nothing. they really may want to win. So this might be one series anyway for Houston that they survive without any beanballs. Yeah, let me add additional context here. Those first two got on, leads George Springer to the plate, and now the top of the lineup is up for the Astros. And that's actually, you know, not something I, I was thinking about in my mind, but that does make sense, right? A part of these live lines is who's up, right, and who's up next. Certainly playing in here. And I'll tell you what, as far as the, the Astros being hit, and I know some people feel like the idea around it was a little bit silly, but at the end of the day, I mean, there was at one point, like, there were odds on over-under how many Astros would be hit. And the only story that I saw, there was, you know, Springer and I think Bregman, or, or uh, it was Altuve and Bregman, I think, were hit in consecutive games against the Royals. It, it happened on breaking balls that barely nicked them while the bases were loaded. Anybody right. that thinks that's intentional, I got, a, I got a house in Idaho to sell you as well. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just, there's no way. That doesn't make any sense to me. I know we're sticking on this game quite a bit here, Scott. There are three games that right now we're seeing live lines for, at the, or four games, rather, that we're seeing live lines for the FanDuel Sportsbook. We will get to all of them, but I'm guessing Springer just got himself out. I don't know if it was a double play or not, but... Um, Springer not coming up with anything. Flip these Strohs now to plus 108, dogs minus 132 for the Mariners. So that's just something to know, guys. Anytime the Astros threaten, they're basically going to be favorites. Um, but it will flip right back in the Mariners' favor uh, if they squander any opportunity. Yeah, and I tell you, from the overall standpoint, Kev, you know, if you're holding on to an Astros winning the World Series or getting to the World Series ticket without Verlander, uh, obviously they lost Garrett Cole. Now you're throwing Zach Greinke into the Aces role, which is never a good thing. Um, yeah, I'd be a little uneasy if they're the Seattle Mariners overall, or excuse me, the Houston Astros overall. I totally agree. I think the outlook for this team right now is a scary one, considering. They felt like this was the year that they could prove, well, none of it matters. We will see. They got a tall task in front of them. We had a break. We come back. We'll look at the rest of the board when we get back right here on Endgame Live on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, 
You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome right back to Endgame Live. The fun continues whether we are at break or we are live right here <laughs> on the grid. We got Metal Matt and we got the parlay producer in the back. Uh, him and Wetzel having a who's on first type of conversation. Uh, that was, uh, that's an exclusive well, he had conversation. Backwards. That's wrong. It he was had good. You know, he, had, he had the Yankees minus a run and a half, but he kept on saying plus a run and a half, and, and which you can bet the Yankees plus a run and a half. You know, you're, you're laying monster on. So I kept on saying, well, you won, then you won. But no, no, the only one by one. I said, I know that, but you were getting a run and a half. They went out right, but he was actually laying. But of course, yeah. he had a 19 parlay. And, and you know, listen, eight, eight and nine, buddy. Eight, eight and, and nine. You ought to get something for that. You ought to get your money back, right? I mean, the, the fan rule ought to say, listen, if you go, uh, this should be a certain amount of teams, whether it's six or seven or eight, if you go seven and one, for your eight team, or in your case, you not, eight and one in your nine, you ought to get your money back. They should at least do that, you know? Little token of appreciation for I giving totally a, agree, a, a buddy. good try. <laughs> we'll take I'm that. Sure you. Minus yeah. one and a half, and like out of the nine teams, that was the only team that like messed me up, man. Like ten dollars would have won me four hundred and seventy-eight dollars, and I had the Yankees at minus one and a half, and they only won by one. That was the only team that jacked uh, me it's up. It's a shame you didn't have them by plus one and a half. Uh, by the way, the Astros are down three-two. It just flashed as like a minus two thirty favorite. You know what? Let's call it what it is. No respect for this Mariners team. None, None whatsoever. Worse. They are spitting in their face. They are not buying it for one second. Scott, let's talk about um, 
couple other games. Let me, here. Let me just add this one thing, Kev. Go ahead. One, th- one thing real quickly with with, uh, with Yang, and, and this is you know, for everyone. You know what I like to do in situations like that? Because he basically got greedy. You know, he's got a 19 parlay, and it doesn't have to necessarily be 19. So let's just say you, you want to put a four or five team parlay in there, and you want to get monster odds. Uh, I like to put in, even in this case, the Yankees. We'll stick with that, right? It, it was basically picked them yesterday. I think they were a slight favorite over Washington, but nothing crazy odds. But you put the run and a half in, so you get odds because you want to win more. Well, what I like to do is, let's just say it was his 10 bucks. You put it in there with your, your minus one and a half runs and see what it would pay. And let's just say it was, you know, 400 bucks with a five teamer. Uh, then I'll put it in with the regular odds, just Yankees winning. And I noticed the difference. And, and, you know, a $400 payoff would probably drop down to about 360 or so, right? I mean, and then I asked myself, listen, myself, if the worst thing in the world is I only win $360, well, then, you know, life's pretty good. The, Worst, worst thing in the world is, though, that exactly what happened. The Yanks only win by one run. I don't win anything, and I'm pissed off because I wanted to win 400 versus 360 or 370, whatever it would have been. And sometimes when you do for myself, when I do things like that, it's like, all right, you know what? I'm going to just give me – I'll take the 360. I I won't complain. Just give me the Yankees, you know, minus the the 130, I think they were yesterday, or whatever the case may be, versus trying to hit that grand slam home run. I'll take the two-run homer and be happy because I know – if they only hit that two-run home or not the grand slam, as they did for Yang yesterday, I'm going to be that much more pissed off because I picked the right team. I picked them to win. They did, and they just didn't win by two runs. So sometimes, you know, you'd be a little greedy. Just put the numbers in, figure out what it would be. You could do that with FanDuel and some of the other sites, I'm sure, as well, uh, before you actually have to click the OK button. And it's, you know, kind of tell yourself, all right, it's not the worst thing in the world if I only win this amount of money. Yeah, no, I think it is good advice. If you're doing a parlay that's any more than three teams, don't get the run line involved. Just pick your winners. You'll be getting plenty of juice. Um, but also, look, Yang's out there doing whatever he wants. The man's living by his own rules. He's got 19 <laughs> parlays rolling, and he's coming close. He's going to hit one, and he's going to look at us, and he's going to laugh. You know what? I'm glad we haven't moved on from the Astros game because it allowed us to stick with this one. Um, they are now winning 4-3. Uh, they are minus 385 live favorites right now. Um, a RBI double from Altuve. Uh, runners on second and third, and then Bregman took the first pitch he saw and put it 389 feet out, uh, and they now lead 4-3 in that game. The total is now 13, Scott. Um, we'll put a pin in that. Remember, it's 13. We've talked about sometimes these games we see runs early getting after them, but I want to make sure we bring up the other games that are on the board. Uh, the one game that's the furthest along right now, Blue Jays-Nationals. 4-1 the Blue Jays lead. And the reason why this jumps out to me, it was the first instance that I like, really saw what was labeled sharp money coming in and moving a line where the Blue Jays close at around even odds after being around plus 120-ish. And at the moment, with a 4-1 lead in the bottom of the seven, that sharp money looks like it was right. Yeah, and I wonder why. What was it about the, you know uh, this game that made them so happy about Toronto? You know, on the road, uh, maybe a lack of respect thing. You know, this was though their designated road game, so it's not like this was supposed to be their home game. The, the uh, it's a four game series technically, two in Washington, two in technically Toronto slash Buffalo, but they're not going to be playing in Buffalo, so they'll play all four here. Um, so that that wasn't it. Um, you know, they had to travel yesterday to Washington. Washington did not. So on the surface. It, it, and they lost Josh. I, I don't know what – you know, I, I was reading. I don't know if was, you were watching the game or not, Kevin, but the, Ken Giles pitched the uh, the last inning or at least the ninth inning for Toronto yesterday in the game they blew against Tampa Bay. Uh, did not pitch well. He had to come out of the game with an injury. But in all the stories I read, there was nothing serious about him. 
uh, getting hurt. So I don't know what his situation is, but they had a, a tough, tough loss yesterday down in Tampa. They had to fly to Washington. Washington was home. Um, you know, you would have thought the Nationals would have been to play today, but obviously not. Yeah, no, I, I actually, um, that was the thing about it. I saw the son of a gun. There you go. Uh, you love to see that. I saw um, the sharp money and it kept me off the game. And I'll consider that a win because I thought maybe the Nats would have been an interesting play. Uh, I'll tell you what, Scott. Listen, you know, a, a broken clock uh, is right twice a day, I think, as the saying goes. But yes. it's always nice that when you, when you get something specific to be right all day. Uh, the early line, I jumped on game time decisions with Gabe and Cam. I've been talking about Pete Alonzo hitting a home run, and he just did it. The Mets now lead the Boston Red Sox 4 nothing, uh in Boston. Red Sox pitching continues to be an issue. Speaking of, of money, uh, Cam, that line ended up, I, I saw it anyway, about 5-10 minutes before the game started. It may have even adjusted after that, but I saw it at the Mets minus 130. And that's a game that had the Red Sox, uh, you know, maybe slight, slight favorites early this morning. Then I saw it at Pickham. Uh, and then again, when, when I last saw it, the Mets were minus 130. And, and you know, they're getting steamed in the right direction. As a Red Sox fan, I will tell you, and I'm generally, you know, pretty fair when I assess my teams, although the Dolphins are winning the Super Bowl every single year. But I don't say that about the Red Sox. <laughs> I'm pretty, you know, fair about uh, my thoughts on them because they've won so many times. I, I can afford to be. And this team's not, this team might not win 20 games. I, and I'm not kidding you. Uh, they, they may not win 20 games. No Chris Sale, no David Price, no Eduardo Rodriguez, their third best pitcher, him or Evaldi. They got one starting pitcher. I told you on Friday night show, you know, they have two guys in their rotation, or at least had, because they sent one to the minors already. But they had two guys in their rotation. One guy was one and eight with an ERA at eight, and the other guy had an ERA over five uh, in the middle of the rotation. And the one guy, Colby, got sent down already. I mean, this team has no pitch after Evaldi. Uh, you know, Mark Perez got lit up like a, a cheap tris- a Christmas tree yesterday by Baltimore. I mean, they had the bullpen stinks. There's no back end of the bullpen. Their lineup, I, you know, from one to eight is terrific. But with this little pitching, and I've seen some good hitting Red Sox teams, I've not seen a pitching staff on this club be this bad in a long, long time. I'm telling you, they may not win realistically 20 games. And if you're a consistent player, I would just automatically – go against Boston every single game, and I almost, you know, within guarantees, uh, you know, I, I almost can guarantee that you will have a winning record by season's end because they're, they're a public team, Kev, so the numbers are going to be higher like they were against Baltimore. You know, they had no business being a minus two, two-and-a-half favorite with the stiffs they had on the mound against Baltimore even. And, and they're going to still, I think, be a public choice for a little while before the boys in Vegas and FanDuel adjust their lines. But uh, I would go against them every single night, and this is a, coming from a Red Sox fan. I'll tell you what, Scott. I think your analysis is is spot on. And, you know, whether it should or not, it doesn't matter. It always holds more weight when a fan of a team lets you know that that team is set up to be terrible. I think it's always – like I personally will – you know, that will kind of open my eyes a bit. Um, and I'm sure it does for a lot of the people who are watching us right here on the grid. The only thing that I'm – I'm not sure of is I wonder if the moves already happened. Like they're playing the Orioles, they're minus 200 every game. Okay, Michael Waka is the favorite going into Fenway again. I get that. I get who's on the mound in Boston. I'm not saying it's wrong. What I'm saying is I wonder if maybe this adjustment come because you look at it. At the end of the day, if you have the worst rotation in baseball, then you're going to be one of the worst teams in baseball. And the Red Sox might just have the worst rotation 
in baseball. And Scott, you probably know this pretty well. Last year, they finished third. It was the first time since 2012 where the Red Sox finishing position in the AL East wasn't either first or fifth. Either they compete for a World Series or they are terrible. And the early returns are that they are terrible. Yeah, And you know what's interesting, Kev? Now that we have eight teams in the playoffs, but no fans, I wonder if that's going to change general managers' thinking around the, the country, including in, in Boston. You know, if there are fans coming to the game and they're concerned about putting 35000 in the case of Fenway Park, you know, maybe come trade deadline August 31st, if, if Boston is hovering around five hundred, you know, maybe a couple of games out of that seventh or eighth spot, maybe they add on a player or two. But with no fans coming, no seemingly impetus to really improve the team. Just, you know, it's it's really easy to just write off this year, say, what's the difference? Even if he's finishing seventh or eighth, you know, we're, we're not going anywhere. Uh, I just wonder if that would allow teams like the Red Sox to wave the white flag a little bit sooner than what they normally would do and make them sellers uh, versus buyers at the trade deadline. Yeah, um, it, it'll be really interesting to see how stuff like that plays out. One update, by the way, guys, um, in what's a fun one, if – you know, who's playing it doesn't matter to you. Uh, Tigers-Royals, 5-5. In that game, a lot of runs. Uh, that game's already gone over. Unfortunately for us, though, no live lines for that one um, over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. But did you look at that game at all, uh, Scott? The 2-1 and one Tigers playing host to the Royals? I did like the over, actually. Believe it or not. Um, you know, I watched a little bit of the Tiger Red series, and not that they hit the snot out of the ball. They did not, and, and basically hit his ballpark. But they had Michael Fulmer pitching tonight. It's just a hunch, Kev. You know, you, you play these things. You know, one hunch comes through one day, and it doesn't come through the next day. But Fulmer was making his first start since Tommy John surgery from two years ago. And I just remember what Otani did yesterday. You know what? He, he couldn't get anybody out. Now, we've seen guys come off Tommy John surgery and look great. Uh, but with Otani not being able to get anybody out in his first start, I figured Fulmer had a chance to maybe have the same issues tonight. Clearly, he does. I figured Detroit at home would score some runs. Uh, so it was a little. It was only like eight and a half, nine. It, it was not a monster number. So I play. I like the over in the game, and I played the over. Yeah, I actually kind of found myself liking the Tigers a bit. I, I just, as much as I was disappointed in what the Reds put forward in that series, I came away a bit impressed. With the Tigers. I, I thought they covered themselves in a bit of glory. The, timely hitting was the name of the game for them. And they got down early, I think, um, in this baseball game. I think it's been a little bit of a back-and-forth affair. Um, yeah, the Royals had that early lead. It was then 5-1. They've now got themselves back into it. But uh, an interesting game. We've also now had Cubs, Red, uh, Cubs Reds start back up. We'll talk about that, uh, as well as a big-time lead for the Tampa Bay Rays over the Atlanta Braves. We'll hit that and more when we come right back here on Endgame Live. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are live right here on the Sports Grid. I'm Kevin Walsh. I'm alongside. Scott Wetzel, feel free, guys, to hit us up over uh, on Twitter at SportsGrid. You can find Scott at Opposite Picks, one of the best Twitter handles uh, that Twitter has to offer. I am over at the Kevin Walsh. Let us know what you're playing tonight. Let us know what you're getting involved with here. Uh, even if the baseball slate uh, shrunk a bit, the thing about, you know, even a small baseball slate is a pretty big baseball slate, uh, Scott, as evident by the fact that we still haven't even hit every single game. When we went to break, I was going to talk about a uh, eight-run lead for the Tampa Bay Rays, it's now cut down to five. 10 5, uh, the Rays lead. The new total is 17 and a half. Only three more runs in the sixth inning. That's pretty interesting. Did you play this one pregame? I did not. And that is interesting. You know, 10 5, uh, Adams just hit a three run blast for, for the Braves. So there's no one on base at this point. But still, they're, you know, they're kind of back in the game and it gets Tampa Bay back in the mode of having a score. No, they just can't necessarily coast in this game. So sixth inning. You know what you're seeing, Kevin, is these games in which the uh, fourth and fifth starters are pitching. 
uh, are really going to be higher scoring games than the, the games, I think, when the aces, one, two, maybe even three pitchers are, are started. Because we had more unders over the weekend. Not a lot, but we had more unders than we had overs, 23-21 with one push. Uh, and But when you get the fourth and fifth starters, they're not good to begin with. And then the bullpen's been taxed earlier because of the previous games. And it's basically, you know what, uh, you know, don't count any game as being uh, done because even the Atlanta Braves, even the Braves get five and a half on FanDuel. Now you got to lay minus one sixty six. Wait, I think about mm. that. You know, th- th- these guys make it tough. Don't they just they just twist the knot? I'm betting on a team that's <laughs> down five and I got to lay a buck sixty six. I mean, can can't, can't you make it four? And a, I just as soon have four and a half, right? And get odds. I, you know, it's like it's un American to be laying odds on a team that's down five runs. I mean, you just can't do that. But I do like the over. Um, you know, yeah. you, you're laying a little big there with minus 136, I'm seeing, but I don't think the runs are going to stop. Not, not 10, five, not yet. Not in the sixth I, inning when you still got the seventh, eighth and, and, uh, you know, at least half of the ninth. I'll tell you what though, actually, if you want it, Scott, you can go into more wagers, game props. They have alternate right. run lines available. Now they are hilarious. Uh, the FanDuel Fort Sportsbook, yeah. I love them. Four and a half is not there. Three and a half is there at plus four thirty. They will not give you – and you know why, though? I'll tell you honestly why I do think four and a half is not there because we've seen this before because you see how much juice is there. They'll, like, they'll get an out, and, now, and then they'll flip it a four and a half. So because I think they're going to rotate them, which is something that the FanDuel Sportsbook actually does quite often, I think we could see that. I would – this total, though, of 17 and a half. I know it was a low uh, total coming into this game. But, look, the two teams have, have their scoring shoes on. I, I don't see um, – I don't see why not uh, look to that game to, to feature some more offense. Cubs-Reds uh, is underway. Scott, did you play this game at all pregame? It's already a one nothing lead for the Cubbies. No, I didn't play this one. This, this is one I kind of figured maybe I would take a look at in-game and just see uh, how the game was going because I did play the Reds a couple of times over the weekend. And I didn't want to throw bad money on top of bad money. Nice job by the Cubs taking two or three from Milwaukee. Uh, and bad job by the Reds, you know, losing two or three to Detroit at home. So I was siding the Cubs from that standpoint. But don't have a good read on either team for this upcoming season. I, I'm not buying it, to, even though I laid the wood yet, you know, last two days with Cincinnati. Uh, but I'm not buying their drinking their Kool-Aid. So I, I figured let, let a lead jump out here, you know, uh, get a scoreless game into the sixth, Kev. So, something where the in-game live would entice me to play this game yeah i think that's fair for me i was also someone who was a little hesitant on oh the reds are going to win the central they're the new best team in the central um which is where a lot of people were and i understood the reasoning i mean at the end of the day that front three is ridiculous the fact that that front three started all three games against the tigers at home and they came away with only one win kind of speaks to maybe why there was some hesitation with that team now i like you i took them in the second game of that series and I almost thought the loss was a gift. Well, now I know I have a lock. There's no way they will lose with Trevor Bauer on the mound. And they did just that. That's all kind of factored into me liking the Cubs a bit here today. I like the Cubs coming out of the Central. I think this is, a, this is very much so a division. You can make the case for anybody that isn't the Pirates. And I won't push back. I get where you're coming from. The Cubs were the team, though, that I uh, latched on an early one nothing lead. Did you end up coming around on a team in the Central where if you had to pick one, that there was one that ultimately won out for you? Last year or this year, you mean? This year. Yeah, this year, uh, St. Louis. 
Yeah. I, I like St. Louis and Milwaukee, to tell you the truth. Uh, you know, both those teams, you know, finished well over well over 500, and, and both were right around the 30-31 mark as far as the season totals go. Uh, I, I know St. Louis lost some guys, but, you know, St. Louis, Kevin, there is no more consistent baseball town slash team than the Cardinals. They just, no matter who, you and I could be in the starting rotation for the Cardinals, and somehow or another, they just find a way to win. It, it really is amazing. So I like them to win, and then I also thought Milwaukee uh, with Yellow you know, coming back from his injury, you know, he had a little something to prove, you know, they're not being able to perform last year in the playoffs and everything. Uh, I think they're a pretty good team. Um, so I don't like the Cubs just because of, and which is why I didn't play them per se tonight. Because I don't know what you're getting out of John Lester. You know, he may have, you know, finally start showing his age a little bit last year, though he's pitching well so far tonight. But, you know, without Lester, I don't know if they have the horses up top to get the job done over the course of the season. Yeah, I, I'm pulling it up right now. There was a note I remember making. We're kind of doing like our preseason previews. Um, right. Every single year since 2008, um, the Cardinals have been over 500. Um, and only once, uh, which was uh, 2017, uh, was their win total when prorated over 60 games below 31.5, which was their win total. I mean, it's everything you said. They are the model of consistency. Yeah. Like, if you want to try and approach it from a – I mean, I don't want to say safe because that almost sounds like I'm putting a negative connotation on it. But a like, if you just had to trust one team, like, that's the funny thing, right? They won this division last year. But the other, the other options are, you know, Yelich, of course, is, is the bright star with Milwaukee. The Reds are the new shiny toy. The Cubs have Javi and Rizzo and Chris Bryant. And then the Cardinals are just keep pumping out wins, right? Yeah. And <laughs> I, I totally get – Backing the Cardinals, they probably would have been my second choice right behind the Cubs. If you could have offered me Cubs or Cardinals to win that division, I don't know what those odds would have looked like. Um, depending, though, I think I probably would have taken them. The Cubs have actually now extended this lead. Uh, Souza Jr. Uh, has a double score, both uh, Rizzo and Contreras. Uh, and then there's been another run actually scored in that one now, as it is 4 nothing early for the Cubs. Uh, or three nothing rather. The, the line's locked right now. It's moving a little bit over the FanDuel Sportsbook. We'll keep tabs there. Um, it's always interesting to me buyback spots when like the live number is going to move crazy here, and the Reds haven't even had their chance at bat. Where now again, them on the money line. Look, it's already a four run deficit. But maybe if you thought the Reds bats could come out to play today, again, I didn't really feel that way. They struggled against lefties. That's why I didn't mind back unless they're in this spot. But maybe a live total somewhere. In that one, Scott. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm saying Lester's pitching well so far, and I realized I forgot that it was in a rain delay. I'm thinking it's a, it's a one nothing game. Right, right, right. Yeah, hasn't given up know, a run. In my head, <laughs> this guy's great. You know, he's Cy Young. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, and listen, I like jumping to conclusions, but the the the, the mo with Joey Votto is, you know, he's he's put up these monster numbers, right? He's not a home run per se hitter. Uh, but his numbers are terrific, but he hasn't played in a meaningful game his entire career, right? So this year, for the first time and and how long, expectations, not through the roof for Cincinnati, but they're, they're the Cinderella pick. I think the White Sox, pretty fair to say, the Cinderella pick, if not Tampa Bay, although they actually made the playoffs last year, but still, they don't get any respect. You know, the White Sox, you know, people are expecting them to emerge in the American League, and I think Cincinnati is the Cinderella pick, if you will, in the National League. So a little bit of expectation. So there's Joey Votto, uh, ninth inning yesterday. Sorry, I hit my uh, my 
my camera there. Uh, there's Joey Votto yesterday. Bases loaded, one out. Just just hit a stinking sacrifice fly, Kev. The game goes to extra yep. innings. You, you tie the game at three, yep. and he grounds into a double play to end the game. It's just after taking two strikes, it was an 0-2 pitch. Probably was a strike. He had to swing at it. But it's just – and I know it's just one at bat. But here they are losing again. And, you know, when these teams and these players are playing without expectations, it's just a different ball game versus when everyone is looking at you and expecting you and counting on you to really do well. And you know, not to pin it all on Votto, but you lose two of three to Detroit, which is inexcusable. Now, you know, you give up a four spot to the Reds in the first inning. It's, just, it's not looking good for Cincinnati fans this year so far. I'll tell you that. I No, I, I think – and this is the reason why – I started to pull back on them because them as the darlings is one thing. They close as the co-division favorite. That's crazy. Like that's crazy. That's just too much for me. Again, I know it was at plus two thirty, right? I know it was odds on or anything like that, but that's there's just that just can't be. And I think a lot of the people who started to back the Reds liked them before that was the case, and I get that. But when that became the case, that's just really when I started to be like, all right, you know what? This is uh, this is not for me. And, uh, you know, that's kind of just been kind of, you know, my continued M.O. Uh, the live total there is 13 um, right now. I still don't think the Reds have gotten out of this first inning. Wade Miley, uh, I'll tell you, this has been one of these weird things, Scott. And I, I hate, you know, poor Wade Miley here. But <laughs> just some of the drop-off that exists on the back end of these rotations, man. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Boy, we, we turned the ball over to Wade Miley, right? You know, the Red Sox are going with opener Josh Osick, right? Like the Astros now, after all these years of, you know, this crazy rotation, and now Josh James is like the, set, like the number two pitcher in this, <laughs> like, rotation. It, it's just, man, is it hard to have an elite rotation it really is. It's it's tough. Um, you know, you look at any of the teams now. Now that Verlander, now he may not be gone for the entire year, but I, I'm counting on him missing at least a month. So, but there what is. What did you Kevin, think of that, Scott? Sorry to go off. We'll get back to it. The fact that they were like, "This guy's out for the year," and then he's tweeting like, "We're going to reevaluate in a couple weeks." That was very weird to me. Yeah, you know. It's it's a forearm strain, you know, and that could be anything, right? I mean, it could be anything from Tommy John surgery to just a, a bruise. What's weird is he pitched a terrific game, and you know, from what I was reading, didn't mention anything about it after the game. It's just only, you know, at least with reporters anyway, you know, it's only later on that they figure out something was wrong. I, I don't know how. You know, uh, the Houston Chronicle can have not one but two supposed sources and say he's done for the year. Uh, and then the Astros come out and say, no, he's not necessarily. I don't know if that's just because they want to paint a good picture on this versus, you know, just announcing he's done. You know, I, but I'm I'm guessing, believe it or not, he's probably done. Uh, you know, 37 years old, not for his career, but for this season, uh, it sounds to me more like uh, he may not want to admit it and the team may not want to admit it, but he's probably done for this season. And you just got to cross your fingers. It's not Tommy John stuff. It's not serious, serious. If it's. Again, not trying to, you know, put it down. If it's TJ at his age, at this time of the year, that might yeah. be two seasons worth. So trying to come back from TJ at age 40, boy, that's tough. And also the fact that basically those sources are probably in the, the organization and they're having to deny it. Weird stuff in Houston. Let's come back. Let's talk some more right here on Endgame Live.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome right back here on the Sports Grid for Endgame Live on a Monday night. Kevin Walsh and Scott Wetzel with the guys up until 10 o'clock, and then we'll pass it over uh, for live coverage at Sports Grid Radio, where uh, Coast to Coast will get the night slate underway. Well, I don't know what type of sleeping schedule you're on, but I know Bagels and Bad Beats uh, is a part of that uh, tremendous lineup <laughs> that we offer over uh, at the Sports Grid Radio. You're not much uh, better, so my friend. You're, you're, you get up know, uh, you know, a little not. bit later than me, but you're, you know. <laughs> Just by a yeah. touch. Just by two more um, runs for the uh, two more runs for the for the uh, I was going to say the Bucks uh, for the Rays. So we're at uh, seventeen now, twelve to five. Uh, still Brady with a safety. Yeah, yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But listen, too. But now we're at seventeen runs. There, it's the sixth inning, and you'd only if you took that live seventeen and a half, 
Sixth inning, you only need a half more run. That 17 and a half was low. That was a good opportunity, I think, if anybody jumped on that. Yeah. I, even 19, you know, at 17, you two more runs. Yeah. You know, you, you got three solid innings odd. left. You know, I guess the, the no, down to minus 125, though. But, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, or or as we always point out, now you got your middle. You know, you went over 17 and a half, and now you take under 19, and, and there's a you know oh. a nice little one and a half run middle if you, if you wanted to go that route. But I, I still think there's going to be some runs scored uh, with Atlanta. Uh, you get, like I said, if you get into these games where the fourth and fifth starters are pitching and the bullpen is used as much as it's being used already this year, they had no starter go seven innings yesterday. It's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, these bullpens are taxed and, and they're just getting beaten up in these uh, game four fives of, uh, of uh, the rotation series. So bet the over on all of them. I would. Yeah, uh, I think you got a good point there. Jose Altuve puts one out. 6-3, the Astros lead. Nice. I don't know if each time I've looked at it. Yeah, no, I think I was a little unlucky. I was going to say it's been locked for a while. It's uh, a live line. Minus 2,200 for the Astros, plus 980 for the Mariners to make a comeback. The total is 13. That's crazy. That's crazy, right? Minus 2,200. I mean, it's a, it's it a three-run lead. I mean, this is a major league game here, right? I mean, it, it's 2,200 to win 100. On a, on Can a I tell you why I'm not lead? surprised? I'll tell you why I'm not surprised. It was 3 nothing. They had a leadoff walk, and they went, <laughs> oh, yeah, about minus 115. Minus one fifteen that they come back down, <laughs> and they were right. They were right. And they were right. in that inning. Yeah. It was four three. Um, so you know, look, this is a team. I'll tell you this, man. I've I've already come to terms with this. I don't like this Astros. I don't like this group at all. I know for you really? as a Red Sox fan, you've pulled the Yankees into. Oh no, I don't mean talent wise. I mean, personally, okay. I dislike. Oh, okay, 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 got gotcha. And I know, I know, as a Red Sox fan, you've pulled, you've tried to pull the Yankees down with you, right? If I'm falling in the pool, then you're falling in as well. <laughs> I get all of that, right? But the Yankees and that beef with the Astros is obviously a very personal one. But no shame. I will bet the Astros when the opportunity is there. Like I've come to terms with that immediately, and it, and really, what helped is before the season started. I was actually in a fantasy baseball draft, Scott, and for some, I guess there was a bunch of Yankee fans in there. Everybody refused to draft Jose Altuve, and I like I was like, all right, guys, you're all this is ridiculous. Like, let's get Jose on the team, and that home run right there, like it's paying dividends. I'm not gonna let this grudge stop me from backing the Astros when the opportunity presents itself. You know, I have a saying throughout my years: it's don't let facts get in the way of a good rant. So what I don't <laughs> understand is all you dopey stanky fans are ignoring the fact that Major League Baseball had an investigation on the Yankees and the Red Sox earlier Mm -hmm. that year, found both were cheating, not to the extent that the Astros did, but both were cheating that year. So then they told Major League Baseball teams, stop it, cut it out, blah, 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 blah. The Astros obviously did not, and they took it the the extra mile. But that's what caused the Astros' grief is because they were already warned on things that the Red Sox and Yankees did. I mean, for Aaron Judge and the Yanks and their fans to be yelling and screaming about the Astros cheating when they were caught cheating themselves that year. I I don't know how you guys can hold realistically a grudge. I I think it's jealousy. I think it's it's absolute jealousy that they were able to do it and win, and you guys weren't. You guys, like the Red Sox, got caught. 
hand in a cookie jar, no big deal, but you guys got caught. The Astros didn't. It, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, two guys get into a fight and the guy that throws the second punch is the one that gets seen, not the first guy. You know, the Yanks and the oh. Red Sox, in essence, weren't seen. Astros were. They got exposed, uh, but they were able to win, and I think you guys are pissed off about it. I'll, I'll tell you why. Now, again, it's each his own, okay? But you've already alluded to it there. The extent was different, right? From what we understood, the Yankees had had to do with, like, bullpen signals, right? The Red Sox had to do with these Apple Watches. And the Astros were on a whole nother level. I'll tell you genuinely where it like I it made me sick. It was last year because everything we've seen from baseballs, they just kind of wanted to push this aside, and it was only because Mike Fires came forth. I don't think they stopped, and nobody will ever convince me that Jose Altuve did not have a buzzer on his arm as he rounded the bases after sending the Astros to the World Series last year and eliminating the Yankees. It, it's just way too much of a coincidence that all he could think about was that shirt not coming off, the fact that Chapman is laughing as he gets off the mound, and that, to me, was the sickening thing. I, again, I'm, I'm not naive that the Yankees were caught up in, in something. I think you, even as you bring this up, have to acknowledge it wasn't to that level. The biggest issue for me is I do not think they stopped, and I think they got away with it, and I think it was still going on last year, and I really don't doubt it at all. I, I agree. I, I don't disagree with one thing you said. Uh, the Altuve thing is, is kind of weird. Um, you know, it, it all makes sense that he had something underneath there. But this is what I always go back to, Kev. It, it, it sound, it's sour grapes. The Astros, as, as uh, crazy as they were and as far as they took it the extra mile and everything, but ultimately they're in their dugout banging on a garbage can lid i mean the whole you you know when you hit watch replays everybody can hear it i mean when you're at a game and you're playing the astros and you see and hear this mope in the dugout banging on a garbage pail lid time after time after time sooner or later don't you say what the fudge are they doing they had to have known they there's just no way in the world the yankees did not know and aaron boone even alluded to the fact that they you know didn't trust the Red Sox. They didn't trust the Astros. So if you told me that this came out of the blue, we had no idea. We thought they stopped. Baseball told us all to stop, and we didn't have any idea. Then I would be in your corner. I would. But the fact that they did it, and they knew that the Astros were still doing it, they didn't rat them out, to their credit, I guess. But if you're not going to rat them out when it occurs, you win the World Series. You can't then rat them out afterwards and complain about it. You had a chance. You knew. They're banging on a freaking garbage pail, for goodness sakes. I mean, what do you think he's doing? He's giving the signs, for goodness sake, right? I mean, you, I honestly, the whole world had to know that. There was that, there was that one clip where I remember they were against like, the White Sox, and the guy was like, he made his catch and He's like, they know what we're doing. I'm a little surprised that one of those guys didn't throw a baseball into the dugout. I, I'm, I really like... You know what I mean? And that's why I think the buzzer thing took it um, way further. And you know what also, too, is, Scott, I know you're not big into, like, you know, wrestling, WWE, but they almost played the heels, like, in, in wrestling, right? You hit someone over the head with a chair, the ref didn't see it, you sneak it out, and then you go, I won all by myself. I was amazing. Nobody could beat me, right? And that's pretty much what the Astros were doing. They were like, yeah, Yankees are just complaining. We're not doing anything wrong over here. And now A.J. Hinch is sitting at home. Like, you know what? It was just, it was so stupid. That, and, and, and that's probably why it's not really going to sit right with me. But it is what it is. Uh, let's talk a little Mets Red Sox here. 7 nothing now. Dom Smith uh, hits a three-run homer. So now the Yanks, or rather the Mets, excuse me, uh, three home runs have given them seven runs. Boston uh, offensively has yet to show up. 
to this party. Everything that you've said about Boston, I don't think you're going to be interested in them, even if at a uh, you know plus he's fifteen hundred price at home. I mean that is something. The live total is fourteen and a half here. Chase this total that was pregame eleven and a half. I wouldn't, Kev, only because the bats outside of that opening game against Baltimore have not been there. Uh, they they couldn't right. score, you know, against a, a lousy Orioles team. Uh, they gave up a ton of runs, seven runs back to back. But um, I don't know if you know they, they just might not be there tonight. Uh, and if Walk is pitching well like he apparently is, you know he's capable of going seven plus innings. This being an eight nothing game, and then you know the Red Sox maybe waving a white flag for the eighth and ninth innings. So I wouldn't, uh, if anything, you know it actually intrigues me a little bit with the under, uh, just because Walk is on the hill. And I would have thought if he was going to be bad, he would have been bad by now. And and maybe we're getting his A game. You know, I think if you're a Mets fan, right, you're probably saying if I can get Porcello or Waka, one of the two to really kind of emerge, that would be great. And, and maybe Waka is the one tonight. So uh, I kind of mm-hmm. like the, uh, dare I say it, I, I kind of like the under 14 and a half in that game. Yeah, I like the pregame over of 11 and a half. I ended up balking on it because I was just going to let this Pirates uh, Astros parlay play out. And I got burned you know with the, Reds. the last two days. Uh, sorry, I got to kick you off there. But I, mm-hmm. I got burned with them against Baltimore. I, I went with the over Saturday and Sunday. And if you would have told me the Orioles were going to score seven runs in both those yeah. games, you know, I would have counted that over absolutely. And in, in both times, mm-hmm. because the numbers were so high, uh, they, they both ended up going under. That's why I'm a little leery with the with the over now at 14 and a half. And that's it was like weirdly a part of it for me. I'm like, ah, this lineup's got to be due, right? Like, I'm not saying they're going to put that same 13 up. And I also thought that the Mets offense would kind of do what they're doing here, though. They needed one of these games because they were pretty much shut down for the most part uh, in that opening stretch. But because I didn't get the 11 and a half, I'm not going to chase 14 and a half. And also a lot of what you said, right? Like, I can't assume offense right now with Boston. They're not playing um, that way. Let me bring up another live line here because you know what, Scott and Kind of our job in a way, right, is to take advantage of when books are wrong. Um, but, you know, very rarely do we give them credit for when they're right. Maybe the most correct I've ever seen a book be about a live line was the FanDuel Sportsbook when it came to this Astros-Mariners game. 7-3, the Astros now lead, minus 6,000 favorites. Wow. And it was 8,000 a second ago. I just glanced over there. So <laughs> someone must have put a bundle on uh, on Seattle, I guess. I don't sure. know. Yeah. Well, you're right. Well, they were down 3 nothing, And what they were, it was 3 to 1, right, Kevin? And you said you saw it at, as Seattle even being favored, or excuse me, Houston even I being think favored when they were down 3 to 1. I think it was 3 nothing, 2 on, nobody out, Springer up. And I think they were minus 115 favored. Yeah. Wow. Double. That, that shows three you run the top shot, of the lineup. Three. Yeah, that, that, that's where the top of the order comes into play. It wasn't the bottom of the order, you know. Uh, bases, uh, you know, juiced a little bit with the top of the order, figuring they were going to score a couple of runs, and, and sure enough, they did. Wow. That's, yeah. that's a big uh, number. And- Look at the numbers. 8,000 on the Astros, 4,500 4, on the Red Sox, uh, 3,600 on the Blue Jays. I mean, uh, unless you're a dog player, you're not playing an in-game line right now, I'll tell you that. Yeah. They won't even give you a raise line who are up by seven. Uh, the Cubs are up by four. Luckily, luckily, the Pirates-Brewers game will be back at 9.15, they've told us. Uh, so we'll talk about that one when we return right here for hour number two of Endgame Live. Sports. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. 
So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 